You're listening to The Co Show, a father-daughter intergenerational conversation about the subjects that really matter. Hello, this is The Co Show. Welcome to another daddy-daughter chat about the important topics of our time between myself, Tony Coe, the aging dinosaur of this dynamic duo, and my supremely talented and beautiful daughter, also Tony Coe, who of course got her supreme talent and good looks from where? This wise old oak tree from which she has not fallen very far at all or has she you be the judge of that as you listen to this podcast the only show on the planet that tries to reach across the vast cultural divide hello tony as much as we know there might be another one out there (laughs) (laughs) but let's just pretend we're the only one (laughs) did you like my carefully crafted introduction I like the way how you, you do an intro, like you're telling some kind of child's story. Yeah, <laughs> crept out on the and said, rah. <laughs> Don't mock the afflicted. <laughs> I listened to your beautiful song this morning. Oh, thank you. On Facebook. And probably our listeners don't know that you're a very, also very talented musician. Was that a song you wrote? Yeah, it was. Well, it's the start of one. I think it's like an interlude or something. Um, I've been trying to do a little bit of writing here and there um, because really I was going to spend lockdown writing an EP or something. And um, that's just been blown out of the water by the charity work that I've been doing. Um, and I do, I'm getting worried that lock, we're coming out of lock, lockdown and I haven't really achieved anything for myself. So I thought that I would just try and start, you know, make a start. Well, I think you've achieved a lot. I, I really love the, the song, and I love the effect the, you did with the, the visuals. So if anyone wants to hear that song, how would they find it? They can't, because I can't. have a private profile. I mean, actually, it's on my, it's on my Instagram. If you go to at Wax and Coal, um, it's on my IGTV, and that's public. But, uh, yeah, Facebook's not public. Maybe we could put a link in the show notes to this episode 13. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize this shirt? Yes, I bought it for you. What does it say on it? It says, Kalen with kindness. Yes. Thank you. First time I've worn it. Is it soft? It's, it's very soft. And it's nice for today because it's pretty hot up here, actually. Isn't it? Right. So we better get started. Last episode was episode 12. And we talked about the big reopening in the first ever English Independence Day. So... If you haven't listened to that yet, go check out episode 12. Today we're going to discuss, have we forgotten the climate emergency? What do you think about that, Tony? I think some of us have. Um, I think that everyone felt, um, I think going into lockdown, people saw the positive effect it was having on the environment. The fact that we'd all sort of withdrawn and stayed in our houses and you know, you could see see less vehicles on the street. You could see um, less litter. You could see wildlife, come, you know, coming back and 
um, it was quite a lovely place to be in for a while. Um, and as soon as I think China sort of started coming out of lockdown, they started, you know, their factories started up again, manufacturers started up again. We started to see a rise in CO2 emissions again. And yeah, it's kind of, I think it's a bit of a shame because it kind of felt like we were learning a really important lesson about protecting the environment and, um, and then this like need for consumerism has just come back with full force. It was an absolute yeah. pleasure actually, wasn't it for a bit? I mean, you know, apart from obviously the tragedy of the virus and all that, leaving that to one side, but the absence of traffic was amazing. And the sky, as was reported at the time, got bluer, literally got bluer. Um, of course, planes weren't flying, and you know they are the biggest by far contributor to CO2 emissions. Mm -hmm. So that was great. Um, and uh, m most days, we do our daily exercise walk, uh, have been doing our daily exercise walk throughout the lockdown in Bushy Park, which is an absolutely beautiful park, uh, about uh, half an hour outside of London, near Teddington, Hampton Court, Richmond, that way. And they stopped the traffic driving through it. And it still stopped. There's uh, no traffic driving through it. And I hope they don't go back to letting the traffic through that beautiful park. Mm. Um, because it's it's just been such a delight being able to enjoy the fresh air there um, without the noise and, and danger and smell of the cars and their pollution. So that's one great thing. Um, I think that the, the climate emergency has been almost entirely forgotten at the moment. I mean, I've heard nothing from Extinction Rebellion. Have you? I think that they've probably been, well, I mean, I, I follow them um, mm. and they are definitely still putting stuff out. I saw something the other day that popped up uh, to do with um, the water, uh, water pollution. Um, and we've got quite a prominent group. I don't know if prominent is the right word. Quite a, um, um, big group of Extinction Rebellion supporters in Hastings specifically. Um, but they, I think that they've been kind of pushing this like uh, environmental racism thing. I'm just looking it up quickly. The process whereby environmental decisions, actions and policies result in a racial discrimination or the, the creation of racial advantages. So I guess they're kind of explaining how disproportionate the problem is in third world countries and, and stuff like that. Um, they get yeah. overly complicated, I think, with their messaging. Like, look, segregation of ethnic minority workers in dangerous and dirty jobs. Yeah, they do, because I think that you find that with any activism, there's a lot of crossover. Um, I think that, you know, if you're someone that cares about the planet, you're, you're very likely to be someone that has the, the empathy to care about oppression and stuff like that. And with, we all know that when you're leading a campaign, it's very, very important that you keep your message very clear. Mm. And that's why, you know, with, I'm sorry to keep going back to what I'm doing personally, but it's the only thing I have to relate it to. We keep getting musicians say to us, well, you know, the mus musicians are losing out on money as well. Can't we fundraise from musicians? And um, obviously that's a really important cause, but we are music venue trust. So we have to 
keep our message clear and you know continue to work towards that otherwise it all becomes wishy-washy and confusing and people you know and it, you kind of divide your audience and stuff like that so i i think that it's difficult when you have these kind of like layers of different activism or empathy or you know i think it's a mistake um i think they should keep i think they should stick to their knitting i think it's a very very important subject and i was turned right off them when i um you know when i visited your big sister tracy in the cotswolds um because they they have a sort of identification with that area don't they yeah i think there's a lot of people that live there that are yeah um, yeah a lot of people live there and they had actually we went into stroud uh the nearest sort of town of any size to where tracy lives in sheepscombe and they had some kind of premises there which they had plastered with all you know various campaigning messages um very there was very little really about the climate um, aspect of it that i could really discern uh, and mostly they seem to be talking about bringing down capitalism again i just think that is such a big error to to go off message to that extent uh, when they you know I've, i really feel they should be sticking to the Greta Thunberg message, really. Or maybe she does that as well, I don't know. But well, I, thought, uh, I thought you didn't agree with the Greta Thunberg message. I thought that you felt that she was like a, a child that had been used as a... As a I, I worry about that, um, you know. But I can't deny that she has been pretty pivotal to the climate change campaign. And, you know, she's, she, she's, I think she's advanced the cause. Um, so maybe I've changed my position a little bit. Uh, but I, I, as I do, as you know, I do change. You're such a big influence in me in your campaign for re-educating dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's remarkable. I think that um, she uh, deserves a Nobel Prize. <laughs> no, I think that she's an a, a amazing young lady um and i feel stupid next to her <laughs> oh my goodness me how self-denigrating <laughs> i just wish that i i wish that i had embraced um well you know i wish i'd asked questions younger and embraced more knowledge and activism and stuff as a young person um it's exciting finding it finding it in my 20s um it was exciting. Sorry, I'm obviously nowhere near 20 now. It was, it was exciting finding it in my 20s, but I feel like I could have done a lot more had I engaged sooner. But I just think that the area that I was brought up in just wasn't engaged at all um, and still isn't really, which is quite strange. But um, What can we do as individuals? I think that um, a very easy thing we can do the, the easiest thing we can do is pick up litter when we go out. That is the, 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 the first and most simple thing we can do when you go out on a walk every day, when you go do anything, make sure that you have gloves and a bag and pick up the litter. Um, I, I would advise picking it up so that it's like divided between what's recyclable and what's not. That is the most simple thing you could do. How will that help climate change? Well, you didn't let me get on to the next point. Okay, I've just asked a question. Well, it will help with litter pollution. 
which obviously has an impact on the on water especially like in areas you know where well it, it's, it's about the wildlife as well isn't it it's about creating a healthy ecosystem for the planet and if there's plastic floating around and the animals are getting trapped in plastic bags and micro beads are getting into the water it all has an effect on the on the environment um so from my personal point of view i think that picking up litter is actually a really really important thing for you to do i can't imagine you ever picking up litter dad but hmm. I, hmm. but i i pick up litter every single day in fact i, I bought a litter picker because i don't know what this has to do with climate change i mean i think that's a laudable thing that you're doing actually the canal and river trust have launched a big campaign um on picking up picking up litter that is found uh, around and in canals and rivers this this conversation wasn't supposed to be about climate change. It was supposed to be about the environment. Oh, well, I changed that. Okay, well, you didn't give me the memo. <laughs> well, the clue was when I said, the topic today is, have we forgotten the climate emergency? I, oh, think, we've, I, think, we've both, I think we've both agreed that the answer to that is yes. Okay, can I, so, okay. Yes. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Shall we just not talk then and just say, yes, it's been forgotten? No, we've got to talk because it's very, very important. And I want to hear your ideas about what we as individuals can do to avert the climate emergency. Well, don't, don't, don't take planes. <laughs> don't, sorry, that was a really bad way of saying it. Don't get on planes. Don't no, I, I don't think it was a bad way. I think you were right. I think that's absolutely... I mean, you, you know... You can get, you can do a lot. You can travel a lot on bus and train and on foot. And, you know, people are so desperate to get that kind of beach holiday that they forget that we have some of the most beautiful beaches and some of the most beautiful countryside in the UK. People are, I know people that know Spain better than they know the UK. And I find that interesting. You know, um, I don't, I've, I have never been to Scotland before and Scotland has seven of the most beautiful places. Well, you know, it's listed as seven of the wonders of the world, all in Scotland. Um, you know, and well, so yeah, not taking planes, uh, I guess if you can afford to considering getting an electric car, I do think in the future it will become, they'll become more affordable, but electric cars obviously make a big impact. Um, what else uh, having a vegan diet which we've already discussed because obviously agriculture has a huge impact on the environment or a huge impact on the climate on climate change because of the water footprint and and obviously it has loads of other implications like what's happening right now with covid19 um what else well i think that's a great start i mean, I mean the the electric car thing is something that uh i think absolutely has to happen much faster than has been announced uh, our, our roads are absolutely lined with 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 cars most most cars i'm looking out the window now in kensington the street opposite has literally hundreds of cars parked on the side of the road and in the middle of the road of course 90 percent of those cars stay there idle i mean there's a bit of a huge waste implication there but you know the it it they are expensive they are far too electric cars are far too expensive and the way to cure that is to really increase the demand that's i think quite simple to do 
the government can inter can introduce as they did in Norway much bigger incentives to go electric uh, they can be tax bigger tax incentives to go electric there can be in incentives in terms of making them um, free to park they could even make the electricity free for a while um, obviously increasing the uh, uh, charging infrastructure uh, installing uh, helping people install they do help people install home chargers but it's not it's not really enough of a, an incentive to overcome the fact that it's much more expensive to buy an electric car they could change that i think very swiftly and people people i think would flock sorry i'll let you speak but people i think would flock to buy them because they're lovely to drive they're much better to drive much more fun to drive much more satisfying to drive. Go on, you were going to say something. Well, just I was just going to say that I think that it will change fairly swiftly because I think that the it's always going to start with the percentage of the population that can afford to have the most advanced technology. Um, so it will always be people with better income. Um, but I think that the, f f the next lot of people who will be the people that um, lease cars, like I, I guess my car is a lease, isn't it? even though my father-in-law pays for it um yeah. at some point i'm pro i have a smart car at some point i'm going to be able to swap that for an electric smart and that might be within the next five years um great and i think that when that happens we will see a huge uptake in people swapping to electric cars but that's just a that's just a when what happens when when we're able to when people like me are able to swap our lease cars for electric cars affordably um, yeah, I mean, the thing is that electric cars are way cheaper to make hmm. and way cheaper to maintain. So why are, but why are car companies... It's about changing the whole infrastructure. So, the, so it's, what you just already pointed out is the, the accessibility to charge them, the accessibility to park where there's a charger, the accessibility to have charging ports at home. I think it's, it's that stuff that needs to be changed. It, whenever you have anything that's um, progressive or innovative like that, it's a whole lifestyle change and people are quite resistant to change. Um, I mean, uh, you know, me and Tom were just talking about the, um, like how the um, technology generation has kind of like advanced from like LimeWire to Spotify or, or, you know, the fact that we had Netflix back in 2000 and, you know, the, uh, you know, mid 2000s, uh, I only got Netflix in 2014 and how that revolutionized home cinema. Um, it, it, I think it's, it, it's just people's reluctance to, to change what they're used to. Um, in my experience, um, talking to people, and when I plug, as I'm plugging my car into the lamppost in Kensington, people often come up to me and ask me about the car. In my experience, a, a large number of people, probably the majority, want, want to move to an electric car. But the disadvantages, not only the cost, but the disadvantages outweigh the advantages at the moment. Mainly the big, the big, disadvantage, the big disadvantages are the range. So people get worried that they're going to run out of juice and get stranded. And then not being, a, you know, there's the charges that are available, for instance, on motorways are very often 
there's a, very often there's only one in a service station. How's that going to work? You turn oh. up, you turn up, and there's one socket. <laughs> so and if it's like because so, you you've said about rapid charging and stuff like that, you have to wait yeah. for it to actually charge. Yeah. Imagine so, having to wait in a queue to wait for it to charge. Right. So people people won't do that. Yeah. People won't do it. I mean, you know, if I turn up to a to a to a motorway station and there's a car on it, I don't even. I don't even bother finding out if, if, if how long they're going to be there because I, I know that almost certainly they're going to be there for at least half an hour, probably 45 minutes. And so I just go on to the next, the next one. Um, but, you know, pe- I'm a, I am sort of passionate about an electric car and I have the kind of li- lifestyle that with flexibility of my shed- schedule that I can afford to... Uh, be flexible, but but people with you know proper jobs um, and maybe young families they they can't they can't take the risk that they're going to you know, not be able to get from A to B. That's not also it's also it's not um, ideal for those uh, for generations that like to live spontaneously. You no. know, I I like being able to just jump in the car and go. Let's go for a walk and ride, and it's a forty minute drive. You know, it it takes away the exciting spontaneity of, you know, being able to just disappear for a couple of days because you you know you you and um, Kick are um, are very spon um, sorry very good organisers, um, and in my experience working in the creative industry, a lot of people that are creative aren't good at organization um and don't like to do that so I, anyway i think the whole thing needs needs rethinking i think that they need to make it affordable you know but there's you know that there's a huge conspiracy against that and it's by the car industries the, the car companies because if you've noticed have you noticed when they advertise that when, when they advertise a their range of cars um let's say Renault, for instance, advertises its range of cars. You'll notice that when, they're, when they say, oh, there's a big offer, you know, you'll get so many percent off or, or interest-free, whatever, they say at the end of the advertisement, this does not include the elect- electric range. Well, but you know why? Because they know that, that, that they know that the technology is changing. They know, it's like with mobile phones, they know everyone wants the most up-to-date technology, and they still have loads of cars in that they need to sell. Exactly. They, they still cars. have, well, two things. They have loads of cars that they need to sell, but their manufacturing plants are geared up to make fossil burning cars. Of course they are. And, and therefore, they know that that's where the money is. But Dad, it's the same. Okay, this is going to sound very conspiracy related. So I apologize for this in advance. But this is how I feel about the pharmaceutical industry. You know, they they aren't interested in cures. They are interested in profit making. So, it, it, you know, I was listening to AOC. I forgot what how you pronounce her um, name properly. You, do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't know. Female in uh, I don't know. She's an MP in uh, in America. She's amazing. How do I not know her name? Okay. Um, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez. Oh yes, I know her. Yes, she's MP. she's a pistol. Amazing. Yeah. I'll, God, I wish I had her brain. I, I think she's she's a complete like hero to me. Um, and um, she was saying she was talking about um, insulin and mm-hmm. how 
you know, some, uh, someone that's on a really, really low salary is having to spend a hundred dollars, sorry, a thousand dollars a month just to survive using insulin because of, because of her diabetes. Mm. And insulin, the patent for insulin in Canada was bought for $1. And actually the price of insulin is so cheap. But what the company did is they bought, I think it's called like backs. No, what's it called? Uh, it's called like back buying or back stock. And instead of investing money from their company in research and development, they spent all their money buying stock to raise up the, um, what do you call it? Like buying their own stock to raise up the market Share price, like the market value. Yeah. Yeah. All of oh, that. No, sorry. The, the value of the, of the insulin. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. So I'm not very, um, educated in this area but yeah so they could have put all of that money into kind of research and development and finding out how that they could make a better product or you know they could you know uh, how i don't know lifestyle and nutrition could support insulin or whatever so that you don't have to just be on insulin like all the time or instead they they spent all of their money billions and billions of dollars raising up the market value so now in america where they don't have a national health care People, they have to spend more than they spend on rent, keeping themselves alive. And it's criminal. Oh, absolutely. But this is, this show is, we could actually do a show on pharma. Yeah, um, we will. We will. But what I'm hmm. saying is it's similar in my mind, it's kind of like similar with. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I get your point entirely. I get your point. It's all about um, generating profit rather than actually being progressive and moving forward. And but the, the, the point, the point is that, we need to do something really radical to get on top of this climate problem. I know, right? Yes, we really need to do something radical. And if it, instead of messing around, you know, putting three sockets in lampposts in Kensington and then not even reserving the places next to them for electric cars so that they can't charge there because they've got fossil burning cars blocking those sockets, that's messing around. Instead of messing around, the government have got to do something really radical to to encourage people to go electric, which will bring the price down as the demand goes up. The price comes down. They've 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 they've, they've announced the ending. Of, when's the ending of fossil? When when do companies have to end fossil burning cars? Is it two? Is it twenty thirty? I think it's twenty thirty. I, I think it's way too far in the distance. You See, know. I I thought that the Tory party said 2050 in their manifesto. You may be right. I mean, in which case, that's crackers. I, I mean, just go back to my, my point, though, because sure. I don't want to make this all about electric cars. And, you know, you, you were telling me how litter picking is not, like, going to help climate change. But it, the reason why I brought that up as a thing that's important is because um, we're facing an ecology emergency as well. And yes. part of that is our marine life. And, you know, our oceans are the lungs of the earth and we aren't protecting our oceans at all. You know, with these massive ships that are going out to catch, you know, tuna and stuff like that. And they are ruining the wildlife, the marine life, sorry. And, you know, these products that are being sold in every single shop that are full of microplastics and the clothing that we're buying that is full of microplastics that's going into the water and it's killing our marine life. No, I agree with all that. And I'm not denigrating your litter picking one bit. But the, the, the thing is, is going back to sort of where we started the discussion. I think we have to simplify this and, and deal with one issue at a time. And the biggest issue by far facing our 
survival is climate change. Yeah, no, and, but I, and and is, is CO two emissions, and I know these other things are related. I'm not no, saying no, no, that they're no. not. Well, I'm about to talk about CO two emissions. If okay, you have, yeah. we haven't got long, so get on with it. So, so one obviously a massive contributor to CO two is fast fashion, which is what what I've said to you before, and the production of cheap clothing that is made out of plastic that is also flown all over the world. So I can buy a top on AliExpress for a pound that is made in China and then shipped over here either in a, you know, those massive cargo ships that are obviously creating a lot of CO2. Nowhere near as bad as planes. And planes. Yeah, but and the planes are the big one. Okay, well, it's still in planes as well. Yeah, the planes are the big one. So I, I would like us to tackle the really big CO2 emitters. Um, and uh, the really big one is planes. And really, these days, I don't think it's necessary to get on planes. And what about all these celebrities that go around the world preaching about climate change and they go on a big jet i mean you know that's sending out the wrong harry and megan you know they they drive huge suvs to the protest <laughs> the cadillac suv or, or they go in a or they go themselves two of them on a big plane i mean it's nuts it's sending out it's just completely sending out the wrong message do you not agree of course i agree oh okay but I think that, you know... It's I was just, getting a bit animated, I'm sorry. I think that... I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we need to wrap up. That was quick. That was a very quick 30 minutes. It was. You've Wait. been listening to The Co Show and to The Two Tonys. Please catch up with our previous 12 episodes by going to www tony with a y co coe.com and you can now watch us as well as listening to us on our brand new tube channel a uh, youtube channel i should say uh, co show tv you'll see how to find it if you go to the link i just gave you tonyco.com um, and you'll see in the show notes how to find our youtube channel we would absolutely love it if you would like it and subscribe and share this podcast far and wide. We love to get your feedback. Uh, we'll be setting up a Facebook page in the coming days. So there'll be a place for you to comment, an easy place for you to comment. But in the meantime, please comment on our YouTube uh, channel um, or uh, you can tweet us, but I can't remember the tweet address. <laughs> tweet at Kosho Podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Kosho Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please be good to each other and we will see you next time. Bye.